deep. Making new trysts with your own sexuality and moving toward more pleasure, whether it's solo pleasure or pleasure with a partner. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a brilliant and extraordinary guest to share with you today. Her name is Susan Braddon, intimacy wellness expert, and she's a champion and advocate for those who desire intimacy and passion their whole life long. She's a best-selling author and publisher of Lovemaking Techniques, Bedroom Communication Skills, and Sexual Vitality Advice, including Sexual Soulmates, Relationship Magic, Revive Her Drive, Ravish Him, The Steamy Sex Ed, Video Collection, Hormone Balancing, The Pump Guide, and Thrust in Time. These serve as examples of the exciting variety of her 34 books and programs. She's an expert in intimate wellness sexual regenerative protocols, and ageless sexuality. You can find The Susan Braddon Show at betterlover.com and her more personal posts at Susan Braddon on Instagram. Susan, welcome to the show. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Well, Dr. Richard, finally, we've both had coronavirus and now we can do your podcast together. Isn't that <laughs> At something? At first you canceled, then I canceled, <laughs> and now we're now we're we're doing it and we lived through it. Thank we God. lived through it and here Ooh. we are months later and we're both here and doing our thing. So I am yep. grateful that you're well. And uh, this is this has been a long time in the making this episode, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to jump in before we even start talking about your expertise, because there's so many different areas we can go. And I know everybody's pretty excited about it listening to this. How did you become one of the world's leading experts in sexuality? What led you there? Well, it's actually my second career. I had a very, very good career in, I would say, um, marketing, advertising, sales, tech technology, internet advertising. Um, I was really at the beginning of the, the dot-com era, lived through the dot-bomb era. And um, my husband and I, about a little more than a decade into our marriage, now we've been married for going on 30 years now, but about a decade into our marriage, we really had lost our way intimately. And we were considering divorce. We were watching our friends get divorced like crazy. And we realized that we were best friends, but we had stopped being lovers. My husband was beside himself with upset over that. And I had kind of just, you know, resigned myself to not being interested in sex, but he couldn't quite get there. So um, we decided to go on a journey to figure out what it was that had happened to our sex life. And that was a combination of therapy and um, taking sex workshops. We live in Northern California. At the time, we lived in the Silicon Valley. Now I live up over the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin, 
Marin County, which is really a hotbed of the personal transformation movement. If you think about personal development, a lot of it comes from this area of California. So we had access to a lot of different intimacy workshops, tantric lovemaking workshops, orgasmic meditation, the Human Awareness Institute. We did all kinds of different things. And what we realized was that the only thing that had happened to our marriage was a lack of knowledge, a lack of skills, a lack of communication. And once we started learning about sex, our sex life got great. And we said, why don't we? bring this to the world through the internet because we were internet people. Very few people are going to spend thousands of dollars, come to Northern California, spend a weekend at a sex workshop, get naked in front of a bunch of people and do all this crazy stuff. But we felt that we had everything to lose. And so we were completely committed to both being radically honest with each other and putting ourselves out there to figure out how we could come back together intimately, how we could come together in a new way. And we did that. And that is how we ended up 15 years ago starting a new company together. That is basically, I'm the CEO of a tech company. I run a publishing company. I run a supplement business. And I'm the CEO. My husband is the COO. He's the man who makes the trains run on time. I'm the person who worries about revenue and leadership and strategy. And I also, you read a lot of the titles of my books, my programs, my videos. I not only have created many of them myself, but I've also published the work of other people who I think do a particularly good job at the concepts and teachings that are important for singles and couples to have if they want to do a couple of things. Number one, transform having sex into making love. Number two, they want to have the kind of sex life that keeps getting better and better, what I call getting on the upward pleasure spiral so that your sex can keep getting better your whole life long instead of getting worse and worse over time where your best days were behind you. And number three, for people who believe and love personal growth and personal development and who understand that their sexuality is also part of their personal growth and evolvement. So, That's where I came from and how I got here. And after 15 years of answering people's deepest, most personal and private questions every day for 15 years, day in, day out, year in, year out, I have a really good idea of what helps people, what works, what they need to know, what they're not taught, what they're missing that makes all the difference. It's interesting because you mentioned sexuality as part of personal development. Yeah. And I've never really heard anybody say it that way. What do we, when we usually talk about personal development, what do we talk about? We, we talk broadly about relationships mm-hmm. with, our, with our spouse or with our children, but I've never heard anyone talk about sexuality as part of this. So I'm excited to dive into that. But I want to, you listed those three things. I want to start with number one because you talk about transforming sex into making love. And yeah. I imagine there's some people listening to this saying, what's the difference? Yeah. So. Yeah. There, I was thinking about this recently. Let me see if I can remember what it was that I thought was a good, easy way to describe it. So a lot of times the words that I use are passionate lovemaking. 
I think that's a really nice phrase. It's not friction. You know, there's procreation. There's tab A into slot B makes a baby. Anybody can figure that out. That's the, you know, the animal procreation built-in biology that drives us. But then there's the spiritual sex, the deeply emotional sex, the connected, passionate, conjoined trance state, um, feeling you, feeling me, feeling you together as one, to become one. Uh, we feel, we, 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 we fold into our mutual humanity together and we feel less alone. We feel reconnected to source, to God, to other, to Gaia, you know, and you, these are a lot of different words for many people call conscious sexuality. And that's, that's kind of um, where you can go together as lovers. So people start at the friction. That's the 1.0, you know, it, it, rubbing our genitals together feels good. And then the 2.0 is, oh, okay, I have a higher awareness, which is I want to make sure you get pleasure when I get pleasure. And that's good. And a lot of people get stuck there, especially the masculine. The masculine will get stuck in the paradigm of, I'm a giver. I'm a great lover. I always make sure she comes first. I always make sure my lady is satisfied, you know? And, and that's great. That's, a, that's the next step in the evolution of becoming a masterful lover. But it's not the highest level. The highest level is, especially for the masculine, learning how to receive how to actually feel his body and feel his pleasure and to not hold back and throttle that pleasure and, you know, try to not have too much pleasure so it can last longer, right? They're using the wrong mechanism for stamina. They're saying, I'm going to hold back. Instead, they learn how to be full body, multi-orgasmic men who are able to show how turned on they are and to really be completely surrendered to their own pleasure rather than in their mind strategizing about making her feel good. That's level two. Level three is that two people completely, ruthlessly, sexually self-expressed in mutual conjoined pleasure where your pleasure starts and her pleasure ends and you have it it's all just feeding itself in this beautiful cycle. So I think that's you know the kind of the evolution of sexuality if you will. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past 7 years I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I, I know that this is a loaded question because I'm, everybody's different, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. In your experience working with people for the last 15 years, once somebody starts 
really taking an active intent in, in moving from level one to level three, how long does that take most of your people? Well, your whole life, if you're lucky, because there's always more. I, I have had the good fortune to seek mentors in the sexuality sphere. I've always had good mentors. And I learned it because I had great mentors in business. And I was always open to being taught how to get better. I have a personal growth mindset. And I always have. I love to learn and be trained. So when I got into the sexuality space and I started publishing the work of other people, I chose the people that I thought were the most brilliant people. And I brought my business acumen to their deep experience and knowledge and created online programs that I felt were the the keys, the steps, the building blocks that people needed to understand. And what you'll find is that we attract in our our company um, the sexual seeker who feels that learning about sex is part of a lifelong learning. And so they'll start on the path and they'll learn some fundamental things like the difference between the masculine and feminine. The masculine will begin to understand what the feminine needs and the feminine will begin to understand what the masculine needs. The man says, you know, how can I make sure I give her incredible pleasure? And that's a great place to start. That's, that's, that's level two, right? Level one is, oh, it feels good. Level two is, how do I make sure it feels good for her? And then level three is, oh, how do I make sure it feels good for me? <laughs> and so you have to have those pieces for people. And then it's a, it's a build. It, there's so much, you know, I'm currently writing a book, uh, a chapter for, in a book for Dr. Judson Brandeis on masculine sexuality. And he said, okay, write me a chapter on how to have good sex. (laughs) A chapter. (laughs) I could write an encyclopedia. (laughs) But I was thinking about it and I actually have my notes right here. I was was working on it this morning and I was thinking about, okay, what are are all of the things that that I would want to tell a guy about sexuality? What are the things he needs to be thinking about? And, um, and I know we've talked a lot about men so far and half of your listeners are women, but I think women are as interested in, in understanding where men are in sure. sexuality. And I'd be happy to talk about the women's perspective too, but I, I outlined a couple of things. One was you have to understand your body as a man. You have to understand how your genital system works. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about men don't even understand how their own body works and about having ejaculatory choice, being able to know, being able to know you can have an orgasm without ejaculation and you can have an ejaculation when you want to and not a minute before. Her body, her genital structure, engorgement, uh, the, the fact that she needs you to slow down and then slow down some more. And then go half as fast as that, and then go even slower. (laughs) So for the masculine, because he's testosterone oriented, he is full speed ahead. And it helps when men get into the world of the woman and realize what she needs and how she needs to be touched and how her sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system work 
And once you understand those things, the actual body-based things, you can begin to understand how to intensify her orgasmic pleasure and your own because you understand the mechanisms of your body. So there's there's that piece of it, which starts at, you know, kind of the, the foundation is actually understanding your anatomy and how your body responds to sexual uh, pleasure. And then there's what does she need from you as a man, like grooming. Guys wouldn't even think about grooming as being the number one thing women want. <laughs> and emotional connection. What does that mean to her? How, do you, how does that manifest? Describe that to a man. What is emotional connection when a woman says she needs that? What is she actually asking for and saying? And then technique is very important, especially in monogamous long-term relationships. You have to have some fun. Women need erotic adventure. That's part of masculine sexual leadership is that helping. It surprises me that that's the, it's the woman who wants that, uh, yeah. the adventure. I, I would think the men, the men would be more, you know, wanting the, the women to, you know, wear a blonde wig if their wife's a brunette or something, but it's the opposite. It's not the opposite. It's just <laughs> that it's because testosterone is the more dominant, more goal-oriented hormone and estrogen is more kind of all over the map. She needs to be calmed. She needs to be settled. She needs to be secure. Men forget because they don't live in a woman's body how much security and holding and comforting and encouragement and appreciation she needs to let go and enjoy her sexuality. When he provides a safe container for her and then brings the fun into that container, that's the combination of magic. Turn on comes from a combination of security and a little danger, a little fun, a little novelty, a little variety. And so he, when he provides a safe container and then brings the erotic adventure in, that really helps. And erotic adventure could be things like role play, you know, the wig, lingerie. It could be positions. Uh, trying new positions. It could be different locations. That's why vacation sex is so fun because you're left the world behind. You're in the safe and fun, interesting place. Scheduling erotic play dates where you're going to learn new things together, new orgasmic pleasuring skills. There's lots of orgasm techniques that couples can learn together that are a lot of fun. And then the other I think important piece of it is learning how to run a menu for a woman and give her a lot of options so you can so she can pick what appeals to her. Like you are basically the the sexual waiter bringing her the the menu of appetizers and delights and then she's deciding what she has the appetite for in that moment. Once you begin doing that she can start to run menus for you. She gains sexual confidence. She feels safe to be sexually self-expressed. And that there's one last piece of that kind of big picture, and that is the shame piece. And I know for you, Dr. Richard, a lot of the work that you do with your Powers 2.0 survey and assessment is understanding your strengths and weaknesses as a person so you can 
go with your strengths, fuel those fires, and then support your weaknesses in the, right. you know, either through coping mechanisms or education or uh, habit changes or what, what, whatever it might be. And one of the things that's very important when you think about sexuality is the shame that almost everybody has about any number of things. It could be about shame about your genitals. For men, it's about, you know, maybe the size of them or it tilts funny. Or for women, it's they never look at their, you know, their own genitals. They're uncomfortable with it or they're ashamed or it smells funny or, you know, they have all these fears or they're they've been raised in a repressed household or uh, religious repression or They've been shamed by a lover in the past, or they're having some physical issues that they're embarrassed about, or they're embarrassed about how they look, or whatever it might be. That's a piece that also needs to be managed in a relationship, actively managed to overcome shame and to move toward pleasure and toward surrender and acceptance with your partner. And a big part of that masculine sexual leadership comes from creating the safe container for her to be ruthlessly sexually self-expressed and not shut her down, but pull her out to develop her, to blossom her like a flower, the flower that she is to open that bud and make that flower bloom. And in the, in the providing of that as the masculine, you're actually also making yourself open and bloom at the same time. That's the beautiful thing about giving love and loving someone is that in the giving of love, you are feeling love and feeling loved. So that shame and love piece is a big part of sexual, personal development. I love all of that. Um, there's, yeah, good. <laughs> there's there's so much to unpack there, and, and we honestly don't have time uh, to <laughs> to go through all of it. But and I, I did want to address something specifically because of what's going on in the world right now and coronavirus, and uh, yeah. everybody is so stressed out. And so, yeah. talk to us mm-hmm. first about the connection between stress and sex. And then Amy, your, your point about vacation sex, like you're away from everything, but we're in a world right now where it's really hard to escape those stressors. And so how, how can we have passionate sex you know, with what's going on in the world and that, that's on so many people's minds and overwhelming for, for many? Yeah. I don't think there's anybody who's not feeling more stressed right now than they normally would be. It would be very difficult to be feeling less stressed these days. So it's a particularly poignant question that we're all struggling together to make make right of pandemics and, you know, political unrest and of course the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, it's uh, and LBTQ rights and, you know, there's just there are Big shifts happening, big shifts. And when there are, it rocks our world. So if we're lucky enough to have a partner, and there are many people who are isolated and are not having partners right now, and for them, I'm teaching them how to have sexy video dates. I just created a whole article on eight different sexy video chat 
date ideas, and 16 sexy, fun things to talk about over video chat. Because, you know, these things will end, we will get back together, and it's great to establish some relationships even over video these days. But for those of us that are together, the single biggest thing that you can do is hold each other. I developed uh, one of my best-selling books is a book called Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials for Connected Sex. And I spent over a decade trying all kinds of things to help people have really great sex. And these six things are the six most fundamental, important things that you can instantly do to make your sex life better. And one of them is becoming more embodied. It is the touch, the heart beat syncopation, the slowing down of our breath, the connecting our eyes, looking in each other's eyes, the eyes are the windows to the soul, right? Often when we're stressed, we shut down, we pull into ourselves, we stop We stop looking at each other. We stop touching each other. We stop holding each other. We stop cuddling. We forget. And especially because the masculine, again, is testosterone forward and goal-oriented, what he's focused on when he wants to have sex is he wants to have what the sex experts call PIV, penis and vagina intercourse, right? For that person, that typical average guy, sex is intercourse. And for the typical average woman, it is as well, but she wants and needs a lot more physicality around that moment. She's not ready for just go time. And often a guy will begin the initiation of sexuality by doing what he believes is foreplay. And foreplay would be, well, let's touch her breasts and let's touch her vulva and let's, you know, kiss and let me stick my tongue in your mouth kind of thing. That's way too fast for women. You know how I said, slow, go slower, then go slow, then go slower and go slower, then cut it in half and then go even slower. (laughs) For a woman, what she often needs first is to be held in the masculine arms of her partner so that she can (sighs) calm, connect, feel his embrace, feel secure, get the heartbeats connected, be seen and see, right? All of these things. So I created a, a holding technique, the best foreplay hug in the world. And it's called the Soulmate Embrace. And you can get it at uh, (laughs) soulmateembrace.com. Very easy to find. It's a free download and you can print it out. And the Soulmate Embrace essentially teaches a man how to hold a woman in a way that she's always longed to be held that never really dawned on him because he's not a woman. And she realizes in the being held like this that it's what she's always wanted and never knew to ask. And in a nutshell, it's a hold where often what you'll find is when you hold a woman as a man, you hold her. And when she goes, and she relaxes and you feel her let down, you let go because she's relaxed. 
But the thing is, there's 10 more relaxes that need to be that are in there that need to be let out. And so instead of letting go, you actually pull her closer and you keep holding her. And pretty soon she's going to have things come up. She's going to want to tell you things. She needs to get, she needs to get things off of her chest and you're going to listen. You're just going to go, yes, tell me more. Is there anything else? What else, honey? Just keep going. And as she runs that out of her, she'll relax again and you hold her more close. And then pretty soon she'll start to snuggle in you a little bit and she'll start to relax. And if she begins to salivate a little, that means she's finally beginning to relax. That letting down begins to get the fluids moving in her. And you can kiss her face, her eyebrows, her forehead. You can stroke her hair. You can stroke her like a long kitty cat. Women are kitty cats. They like long, full body stroking. You want to stroke her as you're holding her and awaken her sensual grid, all, that pro- all those proprioceptive cells on her skin that make her feel her body and get her out of her head where that estrogen has her like a monkey mind thinking about a million things. You know that girl, right? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Your job is to get that little monkey to settle down. I mean, we don't sit at the base of the tree of life with all the animals. We're not sitting at the base as Homo sapiens eating our apple. We're up on that branch where the monkeys are. We are primates. We're bonobos, chimpanzees, orangutans, Homo sapiens. We're at eight. So we've got to deal with our hormones and our blood sugar and how much sleep we've had and how much stress we're under and our heart rate variability and all that stuff. And so as you're holding her and she begins to relax in your arms and she's let go of the emotion by speaking it out, which is how she lets go of it. And then she begins to look at you as you look at her and she goes, oh, oh. Oh, I do like this man. Oh, wow. I feel so relaxed and good right now. Oh, he's making my body feel so great. And then she'll likely want to go to the next step. Some kissing, some touching, some pleasuring. And that's when you start to work from the outside in and then you don't, you're not grabbing at her breasts right away. You're not grabbing at her genitals to get her turned on. The way you're getting her turned on is by getting her relaxed and in the security and safety of your arms and letting go of what's going on in the world and connecting to you as her solid support and the man who makes her feel so good. Uh, So that's my technique for how to make love in the times of pandemic. It's the soulmate embrace. I'm not surprised by that as I hear you talk about it because we know that physical touch fosters the promotion of oxytocin. Oxytocin. Oxytocin makes you trust people and makes you feel more connected. So that, that makes a lot of sense hormonally. Well, this has been an awesome chat, Susan. I wish we had more time, but you've given us some really good information and particularly what's going on in the world now. And, and I, we're definitely going to link to the Soulmate Embrace download and, and all sorts of fun stuff in the show notes. But as you know, when I wrap up an episode, every, every 
time I have a conversation with somebody like yourself, I get to ask a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like the audience to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? I think the biggest helping is to remember that your sexuality is a precious gift. It's a gift of your humanity. It's a gift of pleasure and connection. It's more more beautiful than the most delicious meal. And it's as important as your health and your family. And that it doesn't happen without you putting attention on it. And that there are so many techniques you can learn, so much fun and pleasure to be had that is all available to you. That I think my biggest helping recommendation is to just encourage you to keep making new trysts with your own sexuality and moving toward more pleasure, whether it's solo pleasure or pleasure with a partner. Very cool. Well said. I'd love for you to share again a link to where they can get that soul embrace. Yeah, soulmate, soulmate embrace. embrace, excuse me. Soulmateembrace.com. Soulmateembrace, yep, soulmateembrace.com. And uh, tell, tell us where, is that the mothership for you or is there another website where, where people can get all your good stuff? I have thousands of articles at personallifemedia.com and hundreds and hundreds of free videos at betterlover.com. And uh, my personal Instagram is my name, Susan Bratton. Perfect. And for those of you on the elliptical, we got you covered. Everything Susan Braden <laughs> will be linked in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com for her specific episode as well. It's in the Daily Helping app. Susan, this has been a great conversation, timely and important. Thank you so much for coming on the Daily Helping. It was awesome having you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Richard. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go do something nice for somebody today. Post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping. Susan will attest to this. The happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>